Chapter Three, Part Five of More Tish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. More Tish by Mary Roberts Reinhardt. Chapter Three, Part Five. I am not certain that Mr. Burton's theory is right, but even if it is, I contend that war is war, and justifies certain practices hardly to be condoned in times of peace. Briefly, he has always maintained that Tish being desperate, and arguing that the sea in sea, which is military for commander-in-chief, was able to secure tires whenever necessary, that Tish had deliberately unfastened a spare tire from the rear of General Pershing's automobile, not of course actually salvaging it but leaving it in a position where on the cars getting into motion it would fall off and could then be salvaged i do not know i do know however that tish retired very early to her bed in the ambulance as aggie was heating water for a bath having found a sheltered horse trough behind a broken wall i took mr burton for a walk through the town in an endeavour to bring him to a more cheerful frame of mind he was still very low-spirited but he offered no confidences until we approached the only undestroyed building in sight he stopped then and suggested turning back it's a y hut he said we'll be about as welcome there as a skunk at a garden party i reprimanded him for this as i had found no evidence of any jealousy between the two great welfare organizations but when i persisted in advancing he said well you might as well know it she's there i saw her through a window what has that got to do with my getting a bottle of vanilla extract there if they have one? Oh, she'll have one probably she uses it for fudge i'm not going there and that's flat i thought you had forgotten her i have he said savagely the way you forget a toothache but i don't go round boring a hole in a tooth to get it again look here miss lizzie do you know what she was doing when I saw her? She was dropping six lumps of sugar into a cup of something for that that parent she's gone bugs about. That's what she's here for. Oh, it is, is it? He snarled. Well, she wasn't doing it for the fellow with a cauliflower ear who was standing beside him. There was a line of about twenty fellows there, putting in their own sugar, all right. I'll tell you this, Mr. Burton, I said in a serious tone sometimes i think things are just as well as they are you haven't a disposition for marriage i don't believe you'll make her happy even if you do get her oh i'll not get her he retorted roughly as a matter of fact i don't want her i'm cured i'm as cured as a ham she can feed sugar to the whole blamed army as far as i'm concerned and after that she can go home and feed sugar to his five kids and give em colic and sit up at night and I left him still muttering and went into the Y hut Hilda gave a little scream of joy when she saw me and ran round the counter Which was a plank on two barrels and kissed me. I must say she was a nice little thing Isn't France small after all she demanded and do you know I've seen your nephew or is it miss Tish's? He's just too dear. We had a long talk here only a day or two ago and I was telling about you three and suddenly he said wait a minute you've mentioned no names but i'll bet my tin hat my aunt tish was one of them isn't that amazing 
Well, I thought it was, and I took a cup of her coffee, but it was poor stuff, and right then and there I made a kettleful and showed her how. But I noticed she grew rather quiet after a while. At last she said, You... I don't suppose you've seen that Mr. Burton anywhere, have you? We saw something of him in Paris, I replied, and glanced out the window. He was standing across what had once been the street. And if ever I've seen hungry eyes in a human being, he had them. He was so awfully touchy, Miss Lizzie, she said, and then I was never sure. Why do you suppose he isn't fighting? Not that it isn't any affair of mine, but I used to wonder. He's got a milk leg, I said, and set the coffee kettle off. A milk leg? A milk? Oh, how ridiculous! How? Why, Miss Lizzie, how can he? Don't ask me. They get em sometimes, too. They're very painful. My cousin Nancy Lee McMaster's had one after her third child, and— I am sorry to say that here she began to laugh. She laughed all over the hut, really, and when she had stood up and held to the plank, and laughed, she sat down on a box of condensed milk and laughed again. I am a truthful woman, and I had thought it was time she knew the facts, but I saw at once that I had made a mistake, and when I looked out the window, Mr. Burton had gone. I remained there with her for some time, but as any mention of Mr. Burton only started her off again, we discussed other matters. She said Charlie Sands was in the intelligence department at the front, and that when he left, he was about to, as she turned it, pull off a raid. He's gone to bring me a German as a souvenir, and that Captain Weber, you remember him, he is going to bring me another, she cried. He gave me my choice, and I took an officer with a nice up-curled moustache and— And five children? Five children? Whatever do you mean, Miss Lizzie? I understand that Captain Weber has five. I didn't know, but that you had a special preference for them that way. Why, Miss Lizzie, she said in a strained voice, I don't believe it. He's never said— I was washing out her dish-towels by that time, for she wasn't much of a housekeeper, I'll say that, though as pretty as a picture, and I never looked up. She walked round the hut, humming to herself, to show how calm she was, but I noticed that when her broom fell over, she kicked at it. Finally, she said, I don't know why you think I was interested in Captain Webber. He was amusing, that's all, and I like fighting men. The bravest are the tenderest, you know. I... If you ever happen on Mr. Burton, you might tell him I'm here. It's interesting, but I get lonely sometimes. I don't see a soul I really care to talk to. Well, I promised I would, and as Mr. Burton had gone, I went back alone. Tish was asleep with a hot stone under her cheek, from which I judged she'd had neuralgia, and Aggie was nowhere in sight. But round the corner an ammunition train of trucks had come in, and I suddenly remembered Aggie and her horse-trough. Unfortunately, I had not asked her where it was. I roused Tish, but her neuralgia had ruffled her usual placid temper, and she said that if Aggie was caught in a horse-trough, let her sit in it. If she could take a bath in a pint of water, Aggie could, instead of hunting up luxuries. She then went to sleep again, leaving me in an anxious frame of mind. Mr. Burton was not round, and at last I started out alone with a flashlight. But as we were short of batteries, I was too sparing of it, 
and stepped down accidentally into a six-foot cellar jarring my spine badly when i got out at last it was very late and though there were soldiers all round i did not like to ask them to assist me in my search as i had every reason to believe that our dear aggie had sought cleanliness in her nightgown it was i believe fully two a m when i finally discovered her behind a wall where a number of our boys were playing a game with a lantern and dice a game which consisted apparently of coaxing the inanimate objects with all sorts of endearing terms they got up when they saw me but i observed that i was merely taking a walk and wandered as nonchalantly as i was able into the enclosure at first all was dark and silent then i heard the trickle of running water and a moment later a sneeze the lost was found aggie i said sternly hush for heaven's sake they'll hear you where are you B -b behind the trough she said her teeth chattering run and get my bathrobe lizzie those d -d dratty boys have been there for an hour well i had brought it with me and she had her slippers and we started back i must say that aggie was a strange figure however and one of the boys said after we had passed well fellows war's hell all right if you saw it too i feel better said another i thought maybe this frog liquor was doing things to me aggie however was sneezing and did not hear i come now to that part of my narrative which relates to charlie sand's raid and the results which followed it i felt a certain anxiety about telling tish of the dangerous work in which he was engaged and waited until her morning tea had fortified her she was i remember sitting on a rock directing mr burton who was changing a tire a raid she said what sort of a raid to capture germans tish a lot of chance he'll have she said with a sniff what does he know about raids and you'd think to hear you talk lizzie that pulling germans out of a trench was as easy as letting a dog out after a neighbor's cat it's like pershing and all the rest of them she added bitterly to take a left-handed newspaper man who can't shut his right eye to shoot with the left and start him off alone to take the whole german army he wouldn't go alone said mr burton certainly not tish retorted i know him and you don't mr burton he'll not go alone of course not he'll pick out a lot of men who play good bridge or went to college with him or belong to his fraternity or can sing or some such reason and here to my great surprise she flung down one of our two last remaining teacups and retired precipitately into the ruins not for us to witness her majestic grief rachel or was it naomi mourning for her children however in a short time she reappeared and stated that she was sick of fooling round on back roads and that we would now go directly to the front we'll never pull it off mr burton said to me in an undertone she has never failed mr burton i reminded him gravely before we started mr burton saw hilda but he came back looking morose and savage he came directly to me look me over he said do i look queer or anything not at all i replied look again i don't seem to be dying on my feet do i anything wan about me i don't totter with feebleness do i you look as strong as a horse i said somewhat acidly then i wish to thunder you'd tell me he stormed why that girl that well you know who i mean 
why the deuce she should first giggle all over the place when she sees me and then baby me like an idiot child here's a chair she'd say and do be careful of yourself and when i recovered from that enough to stand up like a man and ask for a cup of coffee she said i ought to take soup it was strengthening fortunately tish gave the signal to start just then and we moved out hilda was standing in her doorway when we passed and i thought she looked rather forlorn she blew kisses to us but mr burton only saluted stiffly and looked away I have often considered that to the uninitiated the ways of love are very strange It was when we were out of the village that he turned to me with a strange look in his eyes She doesn't care for Weber after all he said didn't I tell you the minute she found she could have him She wouldn't want him. Do you think I'd marry a girl like that? She's a nice little thing I replied, but you're perfectly right. She's no housekeeper No housekeeper he said in a tone of astonishment that's the cleanest hut in france and let me tell you i've had the only cup of coffee he broke off and fell into a fit of abstraction somewhat later he looked up and said i'll never see her again miss lizzie why because i told her i wouldn't come back until i could bring her a german officer as a souvenir some idiot had told her he was going to and of course i told her if she was collecting them i'd get her one a fat chance I have too. I don't know what made me do it. I'm only surprised I didn't make it the crown prince while I was at it But how soon were our thoughts to turn from soft thoughts of love to graver matters? Tish as I have said before has a strange gift of foresight that amounts almost to prophecy. I Have never known her for instance to put a pink bow on an Afghan and then have the subsequent development turn out to be a boy or vice versa and the very day before mr ostermeyer fell and sprained his ankle she had picked up a roller chair at an auction sale and in twenty minutes he was in it at noon we stopped at a crossroads and distributed to some passing troops our usual cigarettes and chocolate we also fried a number of doughnuts and were given three cheers by various companies as they passed it was when our labors were over that tish perceived a broken machine gun abandoned by the roadside and spent some time examining it One never knows she said what bits of knowledge may one day be useful Mr. Burton explained the mechanism to her I'd be firing one of these things now he said gloomily if it were not for that devilish piece of American ingenuity the shower bath Good gracious Aggie said fact i got into a machine gun school but one day in a shower one of the officers perceived my uh, affliction badly swollen from a hike and reported me tish was strongly inclined to tow the machine gun behind us and eventually have it repaired but mr burton said it was not worth the trouble and shortly afterward we turned off the main road into a lane seeking a place for our luncheon tish drove as usual but she continued to lament the gun i feel keenly she said the necessity of being fully armed against any emergency and i feel too that it is my solemn duty to salvage such weapons as come my way at any and all times i called to her just then but she was driving while looking over her shoulder at mr burton and it was too late to avoid the goat 
we went over it and it lay behind us in the road quite still you've killed it tish i said not at all she retorted it has probably only fainted as i was saying i feel that with our near approach to the lines we should be armed to the teeth with modern engines of destruction and should also know how to use them we were then in a very attractive valley and tish descending observed that if it were not for the noise of falling shells and so on it would have been a charming place to picnic she then instructed aggie and me to prepare a luncheon of beef croquettes and floating island and asked mr burton to accompany her back to the car as i was sitting on the running board beating eggs for a meringue at the time i could not avoid overhearing the conversation first mr burton acting under orders lifted the false bottom and then he whistled and observed great caesar's ghost looks as though there is going to be hell up sixth street doesn't it i'll ask you not to be vulgar mr burton but look here miss tish we'll be jailed for this you know you may be able to get away with the c and c's tires but you can't steal a hundred or so grenades without somebody missing them besides what the what the dickens are you going to do with them if it had been eggs now or oranges but grenades they may be useful tish replied in her cryptic manner forearmed is forewarned mr burton what is the white pin for i believe she then pulled the pin for i heard mr burton yell and a second later there was a loud explosion i sat still unable to move and then i heard mr burton say in a furious voice if i hadn't grabbed that thing and thrown it you'd have been explaining the salvage system of yours to your maker before this miss carberry upon my word if i hadn't known you'd blow up the whole outfit the moment i was gone i'd have left before this i've got nerves if you haven't that was an overarm pitch you gave it was tish's sole reply i had always understand that grenades were thrown in a different manner i distinctly heard his groan you'll have about as much use for grenades as i have for pink eye he said almost savagely i don't like to criticize miss tish and i must say i think to this point we've made good but when i see you stocking up with grenades instead of cigarettes and giving every indication of being headed for the rhine i feel that it is time to ask what next have you any complaint about the last few weeks tish inquired coldly well if we continue to leave a trail of depredations behind us it's bad enough to have a certain person think i'm a slacker but if she gets the idea that i'm a first-class second-story worker i'm done that's all fortunately aggie announced luncheon just then End of chapter 3, part 5